Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Kai Rohrer, who is the Chief Research Officer or CRO for Know Before. Know Before is a security awareness and simulated phishing platform. And we're going to be talking to Kai about that. Um, and we're also going to be talking about the importance of having a security oriented culture in any organization, something I deeply believe in. Um, because I think that our weakest link in most situations is people or our organizations. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's welcome Kai. Kai, how are you today? Thank you very much, Mark. It's a great pleasure being here. And, uh, you know, it's still summer over here, so I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. And I'm probably at the same, uh, what do you, would you call it, uh, latitude as, as you. Um, we're up in Seattle, the Seattle area. So, and, I, and you said you're in Sweden. So I think we're similar, similar. So we just enjoy every minute of sunshine before we seep into that long, dark, in our case, rainy uh, winter. Yes, it's similar over here. It, it will be more snow because it's inland. Uh, mm. But then again, you know, it, it's it's um, you go into your cocoon and you stay there until next summer. But which is probably good for like productivity for business, right? Because there's not much else to do. So, <laughs> speaking of which, um, so so let's let's just jump right in. Um, you know, why don't you f first tell us a little bit about No Before? So No Before is uh, the leading platform for uh, measuring uh, awareness, behaviors, and culture. So uh, in, in more um, normal speak, that means that we uh, do trainings, we do assessments, we try to figure out where the weakest link uh, is in uh, your organization, and then we try to fix it uh, on your behalf. And I'm going to ask you why that's important later, but first off, tell us a little bit more because, you know, when you talk about assessments and testing, um, how, how does that actually work? So, so, so there, there are a number of different kinds of, of assessments and, and testing that we do. The, the primary one is phishing assessments, which basically means that we send out uh, emails to employees and uh, try to make them do stuff that they shouldn't really be doing, like uh, opening uh, attachments that obviously comes from you know, a bad guy or clicking on a link and then um, logging into the same system they already are using. Uh, all sorts of, of uh, um, the, the tricks that, that the criminals are using to try to get access to your system. And, uh, and we also do security culture assessments, meaning that we try to gauge the temperature of the culture, security culture in the organization. And we test knowledge, figuring out what do your uh, employees actually know so that we can correlate that with uh, with their behaviors and then help craft uh, training programs to to get them to the, the, the desired behaviors. And I mean, it sounds like you have, I mean, in addition to the simulated phishing campaigns, you have like more traditional kind of knowledge assessments. Um, but let's going with the the, the phishing um, campaigns, you said that there you send out emails that people should should know that they shouldn't click on how should they know what should they be what should people be looking for what's an obvious sign that hey this is a phishing email so, so, so that, that's a big challenge right there 
Uh, and the reason is that there are so many different kinds of fishing um, uh, or fishes uh, out there. So, so, so uh, you, for example, may fall for one type of, of fishing scam, whereas I may fall for something else. Uh, so, 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 so the pr first focus of, of the fishing assessment is to figure out what kind of fish will trick Mark, and then what kind of <laughs> fish will Kai, and then knowing that, well, Kai may be, um, because of being located in Sweden and, and buying stuff from Amazon, maybe he will be more uh, susceptible to, to customs uh, messages and, and maybe even give out his credit card, right? Whereas uh, maybe you, um, doing the kind of work you do, you are maybe more uh, susceptible to opening attachments or, or um, something like that. And now, why we want to um, figure out what you want and what I want to do is to avoid the training fatigue by mm -hmm. giving you the kind of training that will help you avoid that specific behavior of yours. Uh, and that training will be very different from my training, right? Uh, but, but then we can target the training so that uh, each one of us can learn the keys to discovering those phishing attempts that w trick us. Uh, and then, of course, we have the general uh, things to look out for. Uh, so so uh, is it someone you know? Is the email legit? Uh, do the um, uh, URL look uh, right? Uh, all sorts of, of different things that, that um, uh, uh, we, we teach people to recognize. Yeah, you know what's crazy is, is, I mean, we all get so many emails every day. And how much time do we actually have to evaluate the, I don't know, um, authenticity of the emails that we're receiving or the the value or the importance of it? And, it, you know, we have to kind of, we almost go on, you know, autopilot going through our emails and saying, uh, junk, junk, junk. Oh, this one's important. Oh, better click on this. And, you know, and you you mentioned training fatigue. I would just say fatigue in general or sense of urgency creates this kind of window of opportunity for the bad actors to slip something in, you know, under our normally alert radar and we just click on it. I got an email this morning that said, um, hey, uh, is, is this Mark Schreiner? Um, I'm, I'm trying to contact you. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, who is this person and why are they? And so, you know, so, so what do I do? You know, so, so I think, um, everything that you just talked about is super, super important, but it's hard, man. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's very hard. And, and to make matters even worse, uh, not trying to ruin your day now. Um, <laughs> is that there are ways we can trick your brain into uh, default mode or alert mode, if you like, uh, where uh, your brain acts without actually following through your process. Normally, your brain will follow the process and, and think, oh, okay, so, so this email I got there, Mark, uh, or is this Mark? you start to wonder, but if you're in a stressed place, for example, you didn't exactly. get your coffee this morning, or you just had an argue with the boss, or, or whatever happened, if you're in that stressed place, you may not ask yourself that question. Oh, that was on cue. <laughs> it's just... Uh, what, what is that? Is that a, a nice little Swedish, uh, you know, popsicle <laughs> truck going by, or what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is the ice cream truck or whatever. Um, <laughs> 
but but I don't need ice cream, so, so I will not okay. go out there. It'd also be a scam, but but I think it was the legit uh, thing. Okay, that's good. You're you're like kind of suspicious of everything, man. <laughs> Wait a minute, is this really Kai? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's uh, it, it could be, but it depends on who's asking. <laughs> so um, well. You know, again, this is something that I, I, I deeply believe the the weak, weakest link for most security scenarios is the human element. And, you know, and it really depends on how much the hackers, how much do they really want to invest into in terms of, of targeting phishing? Because, you know, you, you we get the we all get the, um, you know, Nigerian scam emails. And I think that ninety nine point nine percent of the people on the planet are, you know, aware enough or experienced enough know not to respond to them. But when you get something that's very focused and it says uh, from it looks like it's from your boss and it says, hey, Kai, uh, welcome to the team. Um, I have an urgent request for you. Could you please go out and get these um, gift cards because we need it for a customer event? And you're like, mm -hmm. dude, that's from the boss, dude. And he knows that I'm new to the team. And, you know, and they, they, of course they can be even more targeted than that, but that's really tough um, to, well, I would say it's tough. It's much more difficult to um, to spot than say, you know, the 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 other emails that I referred to. So, so what does your training do? Um, you know, you send out the simulated campaigns and somebody clicks on something, then what's the result? How does it prepare them not to get duped? So, so, so f um, I, I like to 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 discuss this uh, boss uh, scenario first, if I may. Uh, sure. So, 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 because this is very fascinating from my perspective, right? I, I I do research into this, but but not on a local scale, but rather on a global scale. And mm -hmm. one thing we see there is that how people respond to that kind of email from the boss really depends on where they are and 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 what kind of national culture that that they have. Uh, Norway, for example, is, is a country where we have a very, very flat structure. And, She's like, and I know, hey, boss, go get your own gift card. <laughs> huh? I'm saying in Norway, they say, hey, boss, go get your own gift cards. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we would actually do that. Um, or, or at least go over and, and, and ask the boss, you know, is, is this legit? Do, do you really want me to do that? Uh, whereas in in uh, other cultures uh, wh where you have a more um, hierarchical um, structure, uh, you are trained to actually do what the boss asks you, even if you are uh, are wondering if this is actually real or not. Uh, and, and to your point, especially when you're new. And and why do I bring this up? Well, I think for an organization or for that boss, making sure that you realize that how your um, uh, culture and structure works will influence the security of your organization, which means that you have to figure out how to deal with those kind of edge cases. Um, and then to your question, how do you deal with them? Well, training is, of course, one. Uh, not everybody will fall for that scam, but those who do uh, may need, um, you know, a little refresher on how to discover uh, phishing emails, so, so what are the cues uh, you're looking for. But also, in this particular case, I, I suggest that uh, if a large number of, of people actually fall for them, take a look at the actual culture, uh, have a chat internally, uh, how does this uh, way of communicating actually influence us? Uh, and I'm not saying it's going to be an easy chat, again, because of the cultural factors, right? 
Um, I yes, mean, if everybody's the, if, if everybody's afraid of the boss, like, I'm sorry, cut you off there. Um, I'll try to edit that out later, maybe. Um, but if if everybody's afraid of the boss, for example, um, the, the, they're probably setting themselves up to, for more, you know, exploits because people aren't going to go talk to the boss. They're going to be like, oh, he said jump, I said how high, and I wouldn't bought the gift cards. But if you have this more kind of uh, relaxed culture, and that would be that would be a more difficult conversation to have in your position to go and talk to the boss and say, hey, people are intimidated; they're afraid to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. And 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 sometimes uh, it's not even a cultural thing. Even in Norway, we have these kind of bosses, you know, <laughs> where if you try to criticize, uh, you're lucky if you have a job tomorrow. Kind of kind of kind of scenarios. It's it's not many of these people, but but they you have exist. Viking bosses. <laughs> Well, sorry. People call me a Viking, uh, but, but I take that as a compliment because I'm I'm direct, I'm honest, I I, I do my best. <laughs> but yeah. So so um, you know, because we talk about cultures, uh, and and you know, I've lived in I don't know maybe eight different countries, and culture is so important to the context of any kind of organization. Um. One of the things that I've heard when they talk about simulated phishing campaigns is, you know, we don't want to put our people on the spot. And and then if they if they click on a bad email, we don't want to make them feel bad about it. Um, of course, you know, you would say, but but we need to train these people. We need to make them aware. Well, maybe they can just review a PowerPoint or, you know, maybe we can just have them sit into a webinar. And but we don't want to kind of put them on the spot. What would your response be to that? So. And uh, more than a decade ago, I were very opposed to these phishing assessments uh, and especially how they treated the employees after the fact. Uh, the reason is, uh, or back then was mainly emotional, but also because a lot of the ways it was done was amateurish and, and not really um, well thought through and, and delivered in a professional way. Uh, so, for example, one one company I worked with, uh, employees there were very opposed to this phishing assessment and felt personally attacked so mm -hmm. much so that that they they uh, didn't want to go to work. And, and then um, I I think that if that is your workspace, you need to work on your communication skills and your people skills, um, because there are companies still, you know, failing like that today. But uh, one major difference between now and then uh, is that we have evidence today. We, we have um, scientific facts uh, or measurements where we see that phishing employees, as long as they know that they will be fished, right? And following up with training that targets that specific um, situation is extremely helpful. Uh, it makes um, um, people uh, or organizations see a dramatic reduction of, of uh, what we call fish prone presenters, basically how many uh, clicks uh, or how many fishes will be successful. It drops from uh, around 40% down to less than four for most organizations and industries. Um, and, and, and this shows that, that it works, but of course communication and, and 
uh, helping the employees understand why we do this and why it's part of their responsibility to, to actually look for these things. It is not only the security people or only the boss or only the owners, it's everybody working there uh, needs to take their share of the responsibility. That's huge. And there's a couple things there. One is just the, the creating of awareness and and the other part is the shared responsibility. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a second on the sh uh, the awareness piece. Uh, it, it's my auto insurance company here. Uh, they give me a significant discount if I install an app on my phone that uh, monitors my driving behavior. Now, what it does essentially is it monitors speed and it monitors sudden stopping and it really sends alert for sudden stopping because most accidents are caused in sudden stopping situations. Now, every time there's a sudden stop or something, it just notifies me and I can go on and I can dispute it. In fact, they don't even find me for it. I could, but I can say that that actually didn't happen or there are mitigating circumstances, but even if I don't, they don't find me for it. What they're simply doing is saying, hey, we're gonna monitor your driving behavior. And because I know that somebody's monitoring it, automatically I'm a little bit more careful. Now that might seem a little bit big brotherish, but I think if we look at, you know, what, when you go into an organization and say, Hey, we're going to do this simulated campaign immediately. Everybody's kind of aware now that, Hey, we got to look out for these. <laughs> They're going to try to trick us. So we need to be aware. And right, right there, you've, you've done some part of your job. Even if you didn't send the simulated camp, uh, the the phishing campaign, just by saying, "Hey, we're going to do this," right, right away, you've created this awareness. So I think that's a, that's a huge, huge thing right there. How do you make it last, though? Uh, that that uh, sense or or uh, the, the campaigns? Um, just I mean, like, okay, you, you you've done the campaign, okay, um, and 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 that people are aware now. But how, how do you keep that awareness up? How do you keep your guard up? So uh, remember that app you, you um, uh, just told about? Uh, yes. It sends you notifications. Yep. And the purpose there is not really to change your behavior with a notification, but to remind you, remember, we are with you here. So, yes. so you, know, <laughs> you, you, you better watch out for that, that uh, fish. Um, and, and, and that's why we recommend doing this often uh, and, and make sure that uh, you talk about these things, discuss the results um, and, and engage your organization in the work with security. Um, and if not, nothing more, just share it once a month uh, in a newsletter or, or talk about it over lunch. Uh, make people curious and interested and remind them, you know, tomorrow there may be another phishing uh, assessment. There you go. Cool. So I want to ask one more question on this, and then I want to go um, maybe to a higher level and just talk about the security culture framework. But when when you're doing this and somebody does click on, on something, what's the response to them? Do you make them feel bad or do you send them to, you know, time out for, or, or how, do you treat it in a lighthearted way? What do you do? So, so I don't do any of these things, right? Uh, our customers use our platform to, to do these things. Yeah. Uh, and our 
sure that there are many, many ways of, of doing this. But our recommendation, uh, and this is based on, on what we see uh, by running the numbers, um, be open, communicate about what is going on. Uh, make sure that you fish and train often. Make sure that you do it on relevant topics and make sure that you make it short and sweet. Uh, you, you mentioned the PowerPoints earlier uh, and, you know, death by PowerPoint, that is not only a term, that is a real thing, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, so, so, but like, um, what's the instant response? So, if I if I were to click on one of your simulated phishing emails, mm -hmm. um, what what would what would I see? It really depends on what kind of of fish it is, um, because there are many different kinds, right? Some of them uh, we will try to harvest credentials. Then, then uh, when you click, you will get uh, a login screen for uh, Office three sixty five or Gmail or something like that. Um, other times, um, it's, uh, for example, we try to see if you are replying to an email just to check, you know, or answer that guy is this Mark, <laughs> um, because, um, yeah, so, so, so it really depends on the different scenario, but we track each of these different scenarios. And then, uh, if we catch you, uh, you will get a notification, hey, Mark, you know, um, in our um, um, uh, assessments, we, we caught you clicking on this kind of email. And uh, now here's a two-minute uh, training to help you avoid doing the same in the future. Awesome. So, uh, you know, we're talking uh, right now about kind of modifying or creating, modifying specific behaviors or creating awareness uh, yes. at the individual level. Um, but ideally, this all fits into building that shared responsibility uh, that you were talking about as well, and and which leads into this kind of uh, culture, organizational culture that values security. Um, and I think that you created something called the security culture framework. Can you tell us about what that is and why it's important? Yes, so the security culture framework is a process and a methodology and somewhat of a philosophy of how to uh, build and maintain security cultures in organizations. Um, I don't talk about creating cultures, basically because every organization has a culture. It's more a matter of do you know what it is or not. Um, the purpose of the framework is to help organizations put this work into uh, a system and, and give a few very easy steps to follow and implement this uh, procedure. Um, it's not a project, instead it's a, it's a process, which means it's an ongoing thing. It's not something you do once, you do it um, all the time. Um, I typically recommend um, running it as an annual uh, thing. Some large organizations make it a three-year thing. Uh, others manage to do it on a quarterly. It, it really depends, and it's 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 it is basically a repetitive process, uh, following a, a few steps. Can you give some examples of cultures, organizational cultures that were very uh, uh, not secure, and then organizations that 
uh, value security. So in, in, in what are some of the signs that you can see that lets you know, hey, you know what, these people, um, this organization values it, this organization doesn't? You can pick up a lot of those things uh, through um, uh, communication, how they communicate. So, for example, do they talk about security? Yes or no? Uh, usually that, that's a very easy, uh, almost like a lackmus test. Uh, do they talk about security? Yes. Okay, that's good. Then we have step number two. But before that, if the answer is no, then okay, start there. Begin that discussion internally. Um, if they do answer yes, then the follow-up question is, when they talk about security, is it positive or negative? Uh, and uh, by positive, I mean, um, oh, we just got a new security policy and uh, this helps me do stuff like this. Or, uh, oh, Mark, did you see that new training? That was awesome, so much fun, I was laughing all the time. And still I picked up this trick. Uh, or is it negative, like, um, oh no, here comes the CISO again, oh, what a douche, um, or the security <laughs> team, they, they put the no in innovation, um, or, um, oh no, I fell for this fish and now I have to do this training. Uh. So, so, so it, it, it's really just by looking at communication and just by asking those two very simple questions do we talk about security yes or no if yes how do we talk about security you have opened up a broad topic and area mm. so having worked in a variety of countries in a variety of organizations i can say that changing a culture is very very difficult you can change i don't know day-to-day tactics and and but to change the underlying kind of cultural uh, feeling of a, an organization is very hard how do you do that if you go to the organization where they refer to this the CISO in a derogatory term um, and you but you want to turn that around what do you do yeah as you say it can be extremely difficult uh, but again, it boils down to communication. Um, but, but it's not going to happen overnight, right? You, you won't make them turn around uh, and next day say, oh, what a fantastic season we have. Uh, maybe they don't understand what he's doing. Uh, maybe uh, the, the security team itself is, is actually a, a team of no-sayers instead of enablers. Uh, and then start there, start making them enablers. Their job is not to say no, the job is to make sure that they manage the risk for the organization within cybersecurity. Um, so that's one place. Um, start by making security a topic that we talk about. Um, maybe set up monthly lunch and learns, uh, have the top management talk about it um and, and and in positive terms explain why it matters not only to the organization but also to me why should i care well you know make it personal uh, but but it really depends on where you are and where your organization is so 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 my my um top tip is always figure out where you are only then you can figure out where you need to be uh, and that basically means measure security culture.
Awesome. And we talked about that right at the get go in terms of assessments and knowledge tests and so on. Um, but let's go even higher and just say, why is it important? Because seriously, we spend millions of dollars every year on the latest, greatest cutting edge technology to ensure that we are secure. Why do we need to like, you know, take everybody's valuable time and and, and make them go through these simulated cam campaigns and knowledge assessments and training, et cetera? Short answer is that it's the best uh, thing we know. It's the best tool we have today. Um, I, I will give you a picture here. There are two different numbers. Uh, one is that roughly 80% and the source varies between 53 and 94, depending on who you ask, but, but most of them are around 80% of all security breaches are based on some form of human factor, meaning either social engineering or, or some mistake or some other human intervention that, that caused the breach. So it's so roughly 80%. Now, ask yourself, how much of your budget, the security budget, do you invest in the human factors? The answer is between three and 7%. Doesn't, doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> At least it doesn't add up. I'm not saying that you should spend 80% of your security budget on the human factor. I don't think you need that. But but I am pretty sure that historically we can say pretty confidently that 3 to 7% is not enough. I would totally agree with you. I mean, the latest numbers that I've seen is that business email compromise is the number one threat vector by far. And and the number one way to, uh, I mean, obviously you've got some automated tools that will um, identify bogus emails, but in addition to that, because a lot of them do get through, the number one way to kind of fend those off is to create awareness. You know, S simply just do that. Yeah, and and and, and there is the next level too. We've been briefly touching upon it, and that is. Uh, the, the internal culture for blame, or lack thereof, hopefully. Um, when let, Let's uh, play with the business email compromise. Let, let's say that uh, someone takes over your mailbox and starts uh, sending out this, uh, these updated invoices, uh, and you discover it, but it's your mailbox. What do you do? Right? Do you report it, or do you say nothing? That is a key thing in organizations. Basically, do you, uh, and, and, and if you report it, um, uh, you need to know how to report it. So, so, so first you need to figure out how do you do it? So that's a training thing there. But then when you report it, will they come for you? Right? Or will they tap you back and say, Mark, fantastic job. Now we can actually stop these kind of scams. Thank you for reporting this. I think that's some really good advice um, because earlier you were, we were kind of focused on the, I don't know, the frontline end user. It's it, everybody needs to be aware that security is their, their responsibility. Uh, and we want to encourage them to act in the appropriate way. But part of that is when they do report something or when something goes wrong that we don't point the finger at them and, and blame them, but we, we thank them for at least uncovering this and reporting it. Uh, that's, that's huge. So the, that culture thing, it goes both ways. Um, and 
the, this, this, the, the derogatory CISO needs to be aware of his actions and his team's responses because if they're too heavy-handed, it's going to discourage people from kind of reporting things in the future. Um, yeah, and, and oh, the second ahead. part of that, um, um, reporting thing is uh, what do the organization do when you report it? Do they have a procedure? Do, do they know how to deal with these things or, or not? So, 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 so it's a very big thing here. And, and this leads back to how can you change that culture? Well, communicate, talk to your employees about these scenarios, talk to them uh, about what the organization will do when it happens, because it's not a question of if, it is a question of when. And then when it happens, do what you told them so, so that they get proof. And then as you continue to do that, they will build the trust in you and the organization, how the organization deals with security. And then you get this um, positive um, feeling and, and sense of belonging. I, I think that's some um, awesome advice. Um, let me ask you this. <clears throat> You know, we're talking, a lot of times people think of organizations as their companies, et cetera. Um, but I think it's important when we talk about the human element, I think it's important even as individuals or families or communities to create awareness as well. Um, and, you know, I have three children and we we share stories about, hey, did you see this? <laughs> did you see, dude, you have to check out this scam email I got, or did you see that? Or, oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard yesterday that, you know, um, you know, Apple had a, a, a big vulnerability, uh, you know, for iOS and, and Mac operating systems. And so like we are, we started our day yesterday, everybody updated all the, the, um, the, the operating systems on all their, um, devices. Right. And, and so you, we, you, you, you got to share information and people didn't do this 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, they might say, Hey, um, you know, there's some guys been stealing, you know, our mail in the neighborhood or there's been some break-ins. You better make sure your door's locked, that kind of thing. Right. But nobody was talking about their, their computers, or their devices, cause we didn't have them. But so I, can you talk a little bit about that as, you know, as individuals and families and communities? So, so, so I, I believe that cybersecurity, security in general, is a societal thing, um, which means that not only organizations should take uh, actions here and, and do things, but also the government, uh, well, at least in, in the Nordics where we you know, put the trust in the government, um, which is also an issue. Um, uh, but... Um, communities, people, individuals, our kids, our parents, who they are, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but all of us need to talk about uh, security concepts, which actually means that we as security professionals, we need to figure out how can we communicate these concepts and, and the solutions in a way that resonates with the audience. I mean, when I talk security with my mother, she has no clue. And, and, and no offense, my mother, but, but she doesn't. So, so how do I then turn uh, or make her realize that, you know, don't open all attachments or don't click all these links or it's not the bank calling you. Um, and, and, and then I, to, to your point, Mark, I, I think it really makes a lot of sense to make this the neighborhood chat um and, and talk about them share stories 
which is one of the reasons I, I, I do these kind of interviews, right? We, the more we talk about the topic, the more people with, uh, uh, will listen and learn and, and understand it, and then hopefully um, act on it. 100% agree. And I think storytelling or gossiping is one of the most informative tools or effective tools that we have to share information. I mean, I just remember listening to my grandparents tell, talk about, you know, accidents that happened at the workplace. And the reason they would share those stories is basically so that we would learn that if you're operating that piece of machinery, don't wear gloves because the glove could get, you know, uh, caught and pull your hand in there and bad things would happen, right? Stuff like that. So we learn from these stories and it's it's really important to share. share. And I, I think that's a huge part of, of what you do. Um, yeah, so, so, so let me ask you a totally different question. Um, you know, your job is the chief research officer. Where do you go to and how do you research and how do you stay kind of at the forefront of an understanding what we need to be aware of? Yeah, how do you do that? Um, you try to look for gaps, right? So, so, so back in 2006, uh, I was doing mainly technical security and I was like, okay, so, so we do a lot of fantastic stuff on technology but we forget there are people here we forget that we need to deal with them as well and, and then i i was like okay that's a gap let's let's take a look at that uh, later uh, five years later i was like okay so so we need to train our employees and we need to help them figure out what to do the right thing then there is a gap here because we don't really do that very well how can we fix that uh that ended up as the security culture framework uh, a few years later, um, one of the steps in the framework is that you need to measure your culture, you need to figure out where you are. Uh, and, and that resulted in a lot of questions to me. How do you measure culture, Kai? Isn't that impossible? And I'm like, nah, it's not impossible. It may not be easy, but you know, there are ways to do that and, and listed some, some suggestions. But, but at some point I decided, okay, there's another gap here. Uh, we need to figure out a scientific valid method that we can commercialize and, and make available to, for organizations to measure security culture. That was in 2015. Um, in 2019, no before came in and wanted to, to buy this. And I said, well, you know, you guys have something I don't have. You have data. I have a measurement instrument, but I need more data. I want more data because now the next gap is to understand the relation between um, training, so awareness, uh, behaviors, and culture. With your data and the data I have and my passion and, in, uh, and, and our team, we can start bridging those gaps, which is what we do now. So, 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 so I think the short answer, find those gaps, identify them, pick one that you care about and, and do that. And so you're not just researching the latest threats, uh, you're also researching and trying to get an understanding of the most effective way to kind of create awareness and, and shift culture to be to towards becoming a more secure culture. So you're looking at it also from the, you know, the, the educational uh, or cultural transformation side as well. So, so, so that's the only thing I do. Where my team is not looking at threats and threat analytics at all. Many other 
amazing teams out there are doing a much better job than we would ever be able to do. Uh, but what we do, which is really, really unique, is that we look at the correlation between cultures, so how cultures influences people and how people influences um, uh, culture, uh, and how culture influences behaviors of those people, and how uh, training and knowledge influence both culture and, and behaviors. So, so, so in that regard, we are unique uh, in the global context, uh, no one else is doing this. And we're also unique because of the um, uh, really large data set we have. Um, I, I think the latest public numbers for a number of customers on known before is uh, more than 50,000 customers worldwide, which you know tells you something. Um, and, and, and what we try to do is to identify patterns. What kind of training works best? What, what kind of behavior changes most? Um, uh, where are the differences in cultures between industries or, or across borders or across um, uh, uh, regions and, and continents? Um, and so, so basically we are looking for answers that we as an industry have yet to prioritize, but, but you it's know, also the, because we haven't the, been the, able the, to do that. We haven't had the data, but now we do. The the more we talk, um, the, the more I guess in, interesting the topic is becoming to me. Just because ninety percent of my conversations um, are related to technology or a tool, right? Uh, and and again, it's that's great but it's it's not helping with the biggest threat vector. I could say it helps. It it makes people who do stupid things or unaware things, it makes them, you know, kind of it, it puts some bubble wrap on them and makes them a little bit safer. But it doesn't go to the problem. It treats the it treats the symptom but not the actual, you know, ailment. And the ailment is lack of awareness or understanding and and in what you're getting to is the root cause there and it's kind of funny because it's not a sexy technology tool or platform it's just it's just people and i it, and it's fascinating because people are complicated and there are different national cultures and organizational cultures and individuals and you've got to kind of figure out what's what are these people vulnerable to based upon their specific profile and then what's the most effective way to kind of help them um, based upon their organization and specific profile? So it's 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 very fascinating. Thank you. It's it's why I guess I dedicated my life to this. It, it's it's something I, I care a lot about. It's something we as an industry need. And, and it's something we as a world, uh, as a global society, we need these things because the criminals they don't really care if you have the flashy firewall or not. They don't really care if you have training or not. They will get uh, go after you regardless. So, so, so to reduce that risk, make sure that you have the minimum level of technology that, that is recommended these days and make sure that you have the minimum level of uh, training and assessments that uh, is required these days. Awesome. Well, hey, Kai, um, I've totally enjoyed this conversation and um, actually you've got me motivated now I want to I'm gonna pick your brain for some 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 reading reading uh, references or or materials and 
and, and some other things after we hang up on this call. But um, in the meantime, if people wanted to find out more information about what you do, um, what's the best thing to go? Is, is go to the No Before website or is there anything else? So No Before website, Amazon.com, uh, Google, type my name into Google and uh, you will typically find me. Um, I have a blog at Roar.com. I haven't really been updating it for a few years, so so it's it's worked a bit on there. Uh, I do speak at a lot of conferences and uh, I do these uh, interviews. Um, but the easiest way: reach out to me, ask questions, um, bring topics to 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 my interest, and 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 see what we can uh, make happen. Awesome. Hey, Kai, thank you so much for being on Secure Talk, and I, I wish you a great uh, remainder of this uh, Nordic summer. Thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure being here, Mark. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.